You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, how Terry began trading full-time and was able to quit her job and travel the world. T-minus 10 seconds. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. I am so excited to be with you today, this week, while you're listening to this podcast, whenever you're listening to it. But it's going to be another special episode, as they always are. I'm going to be talking to Terry Igioma who began her professional career working in education and nonprofits. Then she started trading stocks about nine years ago. And at first, it was just an opportunity to supplement her income. Now she's been so successful with it that she's been able to quit her job, travel the world, and begin trading full-time. She's also teaching other people how to do it too. And Terry's just such a wonderful spirit. You'll hear, I feel like I, I was feeling it through the podcast. And just the way she's able to explain what she does, I mean, you can tell her teaching background really works in allowing her to explain trading in the stock market. And so I'm excited for you to hear this, especially in times like this, where it's important to, if you can invest in yourself in ways like this, is this is something you're interested in, ways that you can supplement and make more money, how you can control your own sources of income. So I'm excited to hop into this conversation with Terry. Now, if you are listening to this and you are just like, wow, this is amazing. Something was an aha moment for you. Tag me on social media. So take a screenshot of you listening, share what your takeaway is and tag me and Terry on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook where we hang out and let me know what you thought. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Now, without further ado, let's hop into this conversation with Terry. Okay, journeyers, back with another what I believe. I always say my conversations are epic because I think they will be even before I have them, Terry. I think they're going to be epic with you for sure. Because first of all, I'm looking at you in this beautiful Airbnb. You're in South Africa at the time of this recording, right? And you're like living the life. So some people are like, who are you talking to? But I'm just so excited because first of all, I'm talking to Terry from Trade and Travel, who based on your brand name, you trade and you travel. And you're living your yes. best life. And like I said, you're in South Africa right now, right? Yes, Cape Town. Yep, that's Cape, right. Cape Town. And I thought this conversation would be great to have and have my journeyers hear it because you are making a living off of trading. Is it yes, day trading? stocks. It's day and swing trading. I trade stocks and I'm looking at charts. So however long I need to keep it, that's how long I'll keep it. Sometimes that's a day, sometimes that's a week. Right, right. And so you also teach people how to do this, how to trade. But you also just have a fascinating story. So Terry Igioma, 
I just feel like when I read or hear you and other interviews talk about kind of like how you came to this place, like I think it's pretty fascinating because you have a degree from MIT. You also mm-hmm. have um, yes. a master's. What's your master's in? It's in media and communications, but it's from a, a seminary, a theological seminary. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about because I know people are like, all right, first of all, Jamila, how do I trade and travel and live my best life like Terry? But I do want to go back a little bit about like how you first even got started. How do you go from MIT to going to get a degree at a seminary school to what you're doing now? So where did it all start for you? I would say, okay, so this whole journey, I would say, started in education. After MIT, I had interned at Morgan Stanley and and learned about the finance world, but I figured that I didn't want to sit in a a cubicle for 24 hours a day. So I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to go be a consultant. And so I went and I was a business consultant for about a year. And then I got into that and was like, this sucks. I want to go. (laughs) I want to go do something else. And one of our clients was Teach for America. So the company I worked for said, well, why don't you go work for them? And went over to Teach for America and fell in love with this idea of helping students to have educational equality. And so for 10 years, I did different facets of education from, you know, working to train teachers to going to Chicago and working in an after school ministry. And then my final job was assistant principal of an elementary school. But then I started feeling like I just wasn't doing enough and it was a struggle and I was stressed all the time. So that's when I decided to come back to finance and said, you know what? I know that this thing works. I saw it work 10 years ago. Let me see if I can make this work full time. Okay. So a lot of nuggets I have to unpack here because so you went to MIT and then graduated and did consulting just for a little bit, right? Yes. Okay, so when you initially went to MIT, did you know what you wanted to do full time? Did you have a clue? I knew that I wanted to do business. So in in high school, I had done this program that was called LEAD. It was for, you know, minority students to help them like see business. So I knew I wanted to do business, but I didn't know exactly what that would be. Right. So then it sounds like you graduated. First of all, MIT. So you must be also very book smart because like I couldn't get into MIT. (laughs) So you must be good at math, right? Like what was your so your major was what in MIT? It's called management science, but it's basically business. Um, So I did all of the science classes and then I went into business and management classes. Right. And then what I think is pretty cool is you started working. Now, was money a big motivating factor for you? I know it was for me when I went to college. I thought, like, what can I do to make the most money? Was that a motivating factor for you? It was for sure. Like, I grew up in a single family household. And so everything that I saw growing up was about, like, the struggle. Like, how do you make it work? How do we get our bills paid? How do we just push through so when I went into a job, I was just looking for like that six figure thing. Like in my mind, that was the ultimate. If I could make a job that was six figures, then, oh, look at me. Like I'd be like it. So for sure. And I thought like in my head, I thought I'd be the head marketing person of a company. I thought I was going to be like, I don't know what the titles were, but like VP of marketing at some big Fortune 500 company. Like that was my goal. Mm-hmm. And then when you started working, like many of us realized, you're just like, wait, this is not it. So going to teaching, right? You spent 10 years teaching. You actually followed more of your passion, I'm assuming, because teaching probably at that time wasn't nearly, you didn't have the trajectory of how much you could make if you stayed in business. So what made you say to yourself, like, you know what? It's not about the money. 
I got to do something that fulfills um, what I think is my calling. For sure. And I actually wasn't a teacher in the classroom. So I do want to clarify, I did all the administrative stuff. So training teachers and operations, hiring, like that kind of stuff. And then when I was assistant principal, I also was over all the building management. So the food for the kids, getting all the furniture, managing all the custodians. So that kind of, I was more operations behind the scenes. And I think for me, like I had always seen my mom worked in service when I was growing up. She worked with the Dallas Housing Authority. So she was like helping the residents to have a good experience. And then my grandmother drove the bus, but she always was at church and doing missions. So I think I just had always assumed that service was like the best thing. And even if you didn't get paid a lot, like you would get blessed, you know, in heaven for your service. So yeah, I think that for me, it felt like I had a higher calling to help people. But what I didn't realize is that like, I'm still helping people now, even though I'm making a lot of money. Like they say your your gifts will make room for you. Well, sometimes your gifts will make room for you in places that there is a lot of money. Like <laughs> you will also be rewarded where those gifts come. Yeah. And I love that you used your your training at MIT and just your experience to also help in a way where it's not directly teaching, but like you help with the operational and business side of things, right? And then just what you said is pretty important because so many of us do want to serve, but we also want to like live a life where we're also getting paid for it. And, you know, our families are taken care of and we're not worrying about money. And sometimes there's a disconnect growing up because maybe the images of people you saw making a lot of money or the way people talked about people who made a lot of money were in like a negative light. And so I think a lot of people think, oh, if you're in service to people, you should be doing it for free or you have to like um, be a martyr and be poor. As you said, though, you get to bless a lot more people with your talents when you have more money, right? When you get to do that. So, yeah. For sure. And like, there's so many things that come in my mind right now from like what you just said. Like one is I, I often hear entrepreneurs come to me and they'll say, well, I just want to help people. And then I'll hear them say that the price of their course or the price of their class is like super low. Like I had one guy come and tell me, yeah, I'm charging $25 for like all these hours worth of work because I just want to help people. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how are you going to help people if you're not making any money? Like (laughs) you're going to go broke trying to help people and then they won't get it anyway because you'll be trying to figure out how to live. It's okay to actually ask for what you deserve, even though you're helping people. So like, that's one thing. And then another thing I would say on that is, as you said, I have this trade and travel course and like our goal is to help a thousand students make a thousand dollars, but like impact that helping a thousand students, like that's a thousand households and a thousand families that are getting impacted and then they will go and impact other people. So like, even though I'm serving, like I can serve on a bigger level now, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can show up in a place that you're not sacrificing your own health. I always say that it's something for me that has been a big pivot since becoming like an entrepreneur is like realizing exactly like what you said. You're telling people how to like reach financial freedom, how to earn all this money. And if you can't command that in your own life, then why should people even listen to you or follow you? Right? Like, Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're over here in the soup line trying to like feed yourself and go broke helping people and then your marketing employee is oh you'll do you'll do so well from learning what I'm teaching you but then you're not doing well as the teacher it's like what is going on <laughs> oh yeah yeah so okay so I do want to go back to getting your degree in a sem- at a seminary school so what caused that pivot so you were working in the education pipeline system did you go back after working there or in the meantime while you were still working 
So I went back after working for Teach for America for about three years. Then I decided to leave there and go to grad school. And for me, I had always said, when I go back to grad school, I want to go for something that I really love. Like, I don't want to just go to get my MBA because I had done that in undergrad and I wouldn't be learning anything new. It would just be because I wanted the network. So I said, well, this time when I go, if I'm going to pay money for the degree, let me learn something I'm really interested in. And I've always wanted to know more about the Bible. So I grew up in church. I grew up serving in the youth ministry. (laughs) So for me, something that really was interesting and that I really would want to go to class for was to really know the word of God. So that's why I decided, well, let me get my master's, but let me do it at a seminary. Mm. So how did that then help you, right? So you have all like these experiences and this background. When did trade and travel come into play? Like when did you decide that, oh, I actually can trade stocks short term basis and make money and travel? Like how did that come into your life? <laughs> it's so random. Like to tell you the truth, like this is just the most random story. So after I went to seminary, um, I was called to this ministry in Chicago that was helping the after school program, but they were helping kids to learn about the Lord and do their academics. And while I was there, I had taken this big pay cut. So I was like, you know what? I've got to find a way to supplement this income. So I started trading stocks as a side hustle. And I actually was pretty good at it. Like I realized, oh my gosh, like, okay, like this is bringing in like some extra change every week. Like this is good. I was also a real estate, like I I was the ultimate side hustler. So I also was a real estate agent and was helping teachers to move every summer. So like all that money I was funneling into the stock market. And so it just became like this big part of my life. And I was so interested in it. Like I love the companies. I like seeing the CEOs. It was just really, really cool. So when later on I needed an exit strategy, I was like, well, there's this thing I love to do that I could do like with no pay. Let me try to work on getting that really good. Okay. So how did you first get introduced to trading stocks? So a lot of us have heard it, have seen it, and they don't, you don't do it. So did you see someone else doing it or did you take a course to learn how to do it? Yes. I would say there's a couple things. So back at MIT, like the major two jobs that they push people to do is either consulting, like strategic consulting or Wall Street. So I had seen it in undergrad and I actually had interned at Morgan Stanley on Wall Street. So that was probably my first introduction. Then when I was trying to do it for myself, there was this realtor that would tell me all the time about how much money he was making. And he had opened up an E-Trade account. And so he was like trying to figure it out. So that's what I did because that's what he did. So I opened the E-Trade account and I started watching CNBC and trying to figure out like my own algorithms because I, you know, I call myself smart. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to figure this out. Like I'm going to make an algorithm and it's going to be great. So for a long time, I was just trying to put it together myself. And then I went and took some courses when I wanted to get serious. Mm, Wow. Okay. So then you started, so you were doing that, you're doing some real estate on the side. So when did travel come in? So you said at some point, like you were supplementing your income. So I'm assuming you had bills to pay. You had loans at that point. I did. So I had, oh man. So this year alone, I've paid off over $150,000 worth of debt. So I paid off credit cards and I paid off a big part of my mortgage. So I'm almost at the fire state. I still have a little bit of the mortgage to finish paying off. But for sure, like when I was deciding to go into trading, I had debt, I had bills, I had just signed a new lease. But the big thing for me was one of my friends had passed away and he passed away. Like this is a transition from me being a a principal to traveling full time. He had passed away at a time where he was about like 31 years old 
we were really close and I was just like, you're, you're not supposed to die this early. So that kind of opened my life to no matter what I have going on, like I've got to go live my life. And for me, I would regret if I hadn't traveled and seen the rest of the world. And then I knew that I could trade to make my income. So yes, when my friend passed away, that was the big turning point for me to go ahead and leave my job and start traveling full time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's crazy that most people need something like that, right? Like to really jolt them and jolt us into living our life. You know, I can imagine, especially when something like that happens to someone so young, you're like, look, I don't have, you know, 30 more years. Tomorrow's not promised. Who knows? Right, right. right. So many of us think, oh, well, when I retire, I'll do this. But you may not make it to retirement. So why wait? And I'm hoping that like conversations like this will inspire people to take the leap sooner. You may not have enough time. And it does require, and I'm sure, and we'll talk about this a little bit too, because I'm sure it's the same thing with trading. There's a bit of a risk, right? The things that you want to see, the life you want to live, there's going to be some action that you need to take without actually always knowing the outcome. But you have to be willing to want to remove yourself from your current situation because that possibility out there is way better. Like even if you fail, quote unquote, is better than where you currently are. So how long ago was it that you started to full-time trade and travel? Three years ago now. Wow. But but Jamila, one of the things I would say to what you just said is that's what they call faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for but not seen. So you are right. When you take a big risk, it's really taking a leap of faith. You're taking a a jump on what you don't see yet, but you know will come about Mm -hmm. for sure. And everybody that I've seen that's been successful, someone like yourself, even me taking leaps of faith and just anyone I've interviewed, like it's all been not knowing like what the outcome is, but knowing that you needed something different. Yes. Okay. So you full-time started doing this like in 2017. And one of the things that I think is interesting is that you started doing it yourself and you became successful. Then you started to teach other people how to do it. So now like there's this thing of you personally trading and travel, which I want to talk about like all the places you've been able to kind of go and what you've been able to do in your life. But then now you're building a business you know, from what I understand, like a million dollar business teaching others to do the same thing, which I think is pretty dope because there are so many people here listening, journeyers listening that are good at something that, okay, you're doing it yourself. How can I actually turn this into something that is my calling that I can now make money from, but then help other people do the same. So I guess let's start first with the places you've traveled and what you've been able to do in your life. And then I want to go into like the building your business and what that's been like for you. Sure. So after I quit the school, my first place was South Korea. And from South Korea, I also did a little trip to Japan and I was traveling for a month at a time. So uh, South Korea, went to Japan, then we went to Thailand. And in Thailand was when I did my first trading class because everybody I was traveling with was like, wait, how are you affording to do this? Oh, you're trading stocks. Okay, now teach me how to do it. (laughs) Wait, wait. So what was everyone else doing that you were traveling with? They all had jobs where they could work from anywhere, but it was like random things. So one was a consultant at Accenture. Another one had a business, like a coaching business. So they all had laptop businesses or or what we would say, like they could work from anywhere, but their income was very much contingent on other people. So, you know, when you have a business, like you got to get a contract or if something falls through, you don't know what's going to happen next. In trading, I was kind of generating my own income and not having to rely on anyone else. So that was really cool. And what they were like, oh, no, you got to teach us how to do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So at this time now, you're thinking, all right, now I can actually start a business to help 
other people. So you taught your first um, trading class now. And I do want to hop into like the mechanics of trading because like for me, right? Like I'm a long-term trader. Like I talk about investing for the long haul in your 401k and mm-hmm. retirement accounts. And I've had the conversations with um, people who day trade or swing trade. And that's a different mentality. That's a different goal. That's different goals that you're setting and you're doing. So I do want to talk about the distinction between sure. the two so that people understand the difference between long-term investing and your retirement account versus what you do. So here's the thing. It's really not as different as some people think. The same things that you would do in terms of picking good companies to invest in for the long term, I would pick those similar companies. There's a little bit of different criteria, but I picked similar companies. We would just be trading in and out of those companies to make income that we could use today. So say, for example, you're like, I'm a long term holder of Amazon. I love Amazon, too, and I think that they're going to be great for the long term. However, Every week, they've been going up and down a certain amount. Like they usually move about $20 a day. So just imagine if you had a hundred shares of Amazon and it moved up $20, well, now you have $2,000 extra in your account. You could move that over and use that to pay off bills, pay off debt, go on a trip. So it's really, we're looking at companies for the long run, but we're trading in and out of them to make regular income. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And so for someone thinking about this, so I always wonder what people like yourself who do this, who day trade and the more short-term investing think, because a lot of people, when they listen, they're already behind long-term retirement plans. Like they started late or they haven't started at all. Mm -hmm. And so the question then becomes how to make the distinction, because I'm sure this is very appealing to a lot of people because they have bills, they have goals short-term that they want to reach, which is so much more appealing than thinking about in 30 years the money that you'll need. Because that's like overwhelming, I think, for a lot of people. When you think about, wait, I can actually trade and make money today, which I I think is amazing. But what's the distinction between like how someone should prioritize their long-term saving and investing goals in a 401k versus, but I need to like supplement my money today, short-term? I would think of it in, in terms of if someone were to come to me and they were to say, Hey, Terry, I don't have a lot of money right now. I need to save up. I'm I'm struggling with budgeting. I would say, well, you need to think about being a longer term investor because that way you can start building up your nest egg. So, for example, a lot of the money that I used to start trading, I I originally had been investing in my 401k. So at every single job, I invested the maximum into my 401k to actually get a match from my company. So that ended up being about $16,000 that I could then start using in a self-directed IRA later when I decided to trade full time. And the way that I would tell somebody to differentiate between being a long-term investor and a short-term investor is just where are they in their life in terms of their budget? So if they don't have anything saved up yet, then I would tell them to start with being a long-term investor. So start with building up your 401k. Start with just having a budget and building up some extra money on the side build your emergency fund. So those that don't have any money yet, I say, start with just being a long-term investor, baby steps, right? But once they started to build up some income and they're like, you know what? I have this cash on the side and it's just sitting there in a savings account and it's not doing anything. That's when I say, hey, you need to think about starting to trade and be a more active investor because that money can do more than just have a 0.001% return. Like you can actually make some regular income from that that you can use to supplement other things. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I always think about is like how many hours this takes you, right? So if someone's like full time, a single mom, does it have much time to do this? Like how much does an average person need? Other than I know there's going to be some education, right? Some training that you need to do. But in terms of 
day to day, how long um, do you have to spend looking at charts or on your computer to be successful? If they could have at least an hour a day, I think they could be successful at it because they need at least some time to look at charts, but they can do that on their cell phone. So what I used to do is every night when I got in the bed, I would scroll through my watch list on my cell phone and just check the charts to see the way I teach people is we're looking for where the banks are buying and where the banks are selling on a chart. So really, it's just looking through the chart and identifying those levels. And then you can set alerts so that the next day, if it hits your level, you can get into it. So you need at least an hour a day, I would say. Maximum four hours. I have some people that are like, oh, I'm going to be staring at the computer all day. No, you do not need to stare at the computer all day. That's why we trade and travel. We go do stuff. We don't <laughs> We don't just stare at the computer. And then as you're good, so like now I only spend like maximum two hours, maybe an hour a day. Like a lot of the trades I've been making lately have been 30 minutes first thing in the morning, make a couple thousand dollars and then go do the rest of my day. So it gets better as you become a better, better trader. Yeah. And now I just have questions popping up for me about like the more technical side of things. But when you make a profit, you're paying taxes because it's a taxable investment. You're paying taxes on any profit, right, that you're making. But how often can yeah. you pull that money out? Is it like literally like you made $1,000 selling Amazon that day? You pull out $1,000. Do you pay taxes right away? Or how do you know how much you can actually use for your own goals versus, oh, I need to save this for Uncle Sam when it's time to report this? The money actually just it's already in your, your account and you connect it to your bank account. So as soon as you make it, you can do a balance transfer and move that over. And it's just like any other balance transfer. It's usually available within three to five business days in your bank account. And then you don't have to pay taxes up front. You just pay them at the end of the year like your other taxes. And then I have a lot of people that ask me, like, is there some higher capital gain tax for active traders? And the answer is no. You're just going to pay your income tax bracket, whatever your current income tax bracket is, you'll pay that percentage on the money. So if you want to, I do have some students that will put like 20% aside just to prepare for taxes. Or you can be like me and just kind of keep it in your head like, hey, I'm going to use all this money all year. And then next year, about April, I'm going to pay my bill. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's something that you have access to the cash all year until tax time. Right, right. And I'm also wondering for some people that are thinking like, wow, this sounds like very interesting. Like I want to possibly do this in terms of connecting, right? And learning. Because I think another thing that people kind of get wary about is like who to learn from. So obviously like you have a course oh, yeah. and you, you know, are re reputable in this field. But like, how does one say, because some people be like, well, there's so many people offering similar services. How do you differentiate who I should learn from or take advice from in this area? Oh, for sure. I have several friends that teach investing, both basic investing, like fundamentals and trading. I think what differentiates me is that I was in education for so long. So my students really say, Terry, you're a teacher. You make things simple. I understand it. You go at a good pace. Your slides are really good. So I think that's actually the piece that differentiates me. It's hard to be in an elementary school and not learn how to teach <laughs> on an elementary yeah. simple level, you know? So I think that's really the differentiator. Right. And I think in general, too, yeah. just what you're saying is for anyone who is looking at opportunities like this and you want to learn and invest, I think it's smart to invest money and time to learn how to do it the right way is to find someone like Terry or Terry herself just directly is that who's a good teacher. 
because a lot of this is if you sure if you wanted to cobble together the free information online and this is like the thing now with business building that we can kind of talk about mm-hmm. is that there's tons of like free information online but what you're paying for is the process what you're paying for is like the speed of learning versus doing it all on your own and from someone that you can like trust to help you right Yes, I've made every mistake there is in the book. So there's no reason for other people to make those mistakes. Like I've made the mistake of getting in at the highs and then you're losing your money. I've made the mistake of trading during earnings and then look up the next morning and you're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? So like the biggest advantage is you learn not to make the same mistakes as your teacher. (laughs) Like you can bypass a lot of that. And then another thing with YouTube Everybody on YouTube trades differently and you want to learn from the same teacher so that everything is seamless. When you start going and seeing, okay, this video over here and then this person says this and then this person says that, those are going to all start clashing because not every trader trades the same. So it's good to have one teacher, like I teach a seven-step trading plan, learn all of my seven steps in a cohesive, comprehensive manner so that you can trade like me. You know, like there's no oh, I'm going to do this piece from him and this piece from her. And that doesn't ever work well. Yeah. Now, when it comes to like building now your business, I kind of want to talk about that mindset because there's a shift that happens when you're doing something personally for yourself and seeing success. And then now you're teaching other people and now you're building a business, right? You could have just kept trading, right? Because there's a lot of responsibility and work that comes along with having a business, right? And doing all the stuff you do, right? You're pretty active on social media and have content and all this stuff. You could have just kept day trading, right? Or doing your own thing and making money that way. So what for you has been the the shifts, not only doing it yourself, but then running a business, helping other people do this? You are so right. Because like even last week, I made like $62,000 in a day. And I was like, you know what? I really could just go live my life right now. Like that's more... (laughs) That's more than my whole assistant principal salary in a year. And I had done it in a day. So yes, I very much could just trade and travel by myself. But I think that's when that service piece comes back in for me. Like, like, yeah, I could do it for me, but then I'd be the only one impacted. If I teach more people, then now we can start impacting the world. There's something wonderful about seeing other people get it, seeing them have wins, even if it's $200 a day or I have one person at seven hundred or seven thousand dollars a day. I was like, "Oh my goodness! Like, you're really doing this thing. Like, it's just about having an impact on other people's lives. That brings real joy." Yeah. Now I have to go back to your sixty-two thousand dollars in one day because <laughs> whenever I hear, you know, like those big numbers, I'm like, "How? Right? How is that possible that you made sixty-two thousand dollars in like one day? Was it one stock? Was yeah. it a couple stocks? Like, what was that like?" Sure, sure. And if they go to my Instagram, so if you go to trade and travel on Instagram, or I'm an investor on Instagram, I put it up in my highlights. So you guys can actually see real screenshots. This is real money. It's real. But what happened was Tesla actually had gone up. It skyrocketed up to almost $1,000. And I knew that it was going to turn around because we have so many other examples of when a stock shoots up like that, it'll turn around and start going down. And so I actually shorted, which is making money on the way down. I shorted Tesla when it got to about 960 bucks. And then the next day it fell down to $700. So if you can just imagine it fell over $200 and I had shorted like lots of shares. So I ended up making $62,000 on that one trade. 
Okay. Now I have to ask this because I'm thinking if I made $62,000 in a day, what happens next? And so you don't have to tell us exactly what you did, but how are you, I'm like figuring out, cause this is for anyone who has like, who comes into $500, $1,000, $12,000, whatever it is that you come into, if you have a business or a check, how do you decipher what you reinvest back into your business? What you then use to maybe trade some more or pay off debt? Cause I know it sounds like you still have some personal financial goals, right? That you're working on. Yes. So I definitely am about to pay off the rest of the mortgage on my rental property. Like that's step one. So soon you guys are going to see me talk about I'm fire for real. Like I, <laughs> I'm debt free. Um, so that's step one. I'm going to pay off all the remaining debt and make sure that, and, and, and it's one of those things where I could have done that before, but now that I've made this big increase, I feel more comfortable. And that's really for every trader. Yes, there's other ways to make money, but this just gives you like an extra comfort level because you make this extra money on the side. I'm going to spend it on that. And then I, I've lately been thinking about hiring some extra staff members. So this money can go to affording staff for my business. That's kind of the two things that I, I'm using it for. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one of the things that someone may be thinking is, well, if you made 62000 then you must have had a lot of money. You're like an expert in this. Like you already had that, right? So for someone who's really a beginner, maybe they're doing okay with their 401k, like they're on track, but they have these other goals and potentially maybe they want to leave their job and do something totally different. What does one need to get started? Other than like, you know, maybe investing in a course to help them, like what's like that? How much is like a good starting point if someone should have extra money to do this? And also about losing it. So like, can you potentially, yeah. like if you lose all the money, like, so then it should be money that you can afford to lose and how should someone decide how much that is for them? So the formula that I always give is that your goal should be to make 1% of your cash amount a day. So for my students, we're trying to make daily gains or weekly gains. So you're either trying to make 1% of your cash amount a day or 5% of your cash amount a week. So what that looks like is if you have $1,000, you're trying to make $10 a day. If you have $2,000, trying to make $20 a day. And that might sound small to some people, but $20 a day is still $100 a week. That's an extra $400 a month. And likewise, just say if you have $10,000, now you're making $100 a day. So that's where I tell people to start. Whatever your cash amount is, just times that by 0 0.01, and then that should be your expectation. It's better to make small, consistent gains. And over time, those things will grow. So that's where you should start. And then with the idea of how much it takes to make for me to make money, all of last year, my sweet spot was $30,000. And that's also kind of where my students, we practice on a simulator. So they'll either set it to their actual cash amount or maybe $30,000 the max. And we use something called margin, which means that you get extra buying power from the bank. So at $30,000, your original goal is 1% a day will be $300 a day. And for me, that was the number that I needed to quit my job as an assistant principal. But then as you become better and better, you can actually have bigger gains with that 30000 So with that 30000 a lot of them can reach the $1,000 a day mark with just about 30000 in their account. Mm -hmm. And then is there a possibility, I have to ask this question, that they can also lose that whole 30000 that they put in? Yes. Great question. So yes, there's always a risk. And I have to give a disclaimer. I'm giving this for educational purposes, um, <laughs> not telling you guys what to do. But yes, there's always a risk that you can lose. And so there's a big portion of my course about risk management. So we put orders in called a stop loss. That is an order where it'll get you out of the trade if the trade goes wrong. And we also have several other formulas and things that we do to manage our risk. But yes, there's always a risk, but we can do some risk management tools to help. 
So I know right now at this point, everyone's like, all right. Because even while you're talking, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just stop Journey for Launch <laughs> altogether <laughs> and trade. I think I, I think I'm, <laughs> I found my new thing. So I know a lot of people are now getting excited because this sounds really good. But I do want to say, you've taught a lot of people. You've done this yourself. What are some qualities like are people that you see succeed the most? Because I'm sure a lot of people say and have the best intentions and buy the course and try to learn and it doesn't work. And if you can probably pull out maybe a, a common denominator of the people who it works for and then the people who it doesn't work for. Can we like talk about that? So maybe people listening could be like, all right, am I really ready for this? Is this something that I should be doing? Oh, yes. Okay. So in my mind, a couple of students came to mind. So like I have James and he recently actually was just able to quit his job by trading with my system. But the thing that he really has is discipline. Both actually, I would say two things, discipline and initiative. Discipline to stick with the plan that I teach. I teach seven steps. I have a seven step strategy, which includes that risk management piece I was talking about and reading charts. You have to stick to every step. And so he is very good at that discipline and not letting his emotions take over because that's the biggest downfall for traders, getting emotional. Like you think, oh, man, fear of missing out. Everything's rising. I'm going to jump in and know that it's not the time to get in. So discipline and initiative. Then I have another student, Annette. Annette is really good. She made like 2600 in like 15 minutes shorting and, and doing what I taught her. And I think the thing for her is you've got to make sure to finish the course. Like I have a lot of people that will get into the class and then they're like, oh, I'm going to do that. And they put it off, put it off. And so then a year later, they're like, oh, yeah, I said I was going to take your class. <laughs> but she was she's very good at telling you the reason why I'm good at this is because I rewatched every video. I watched and rewatched every video until I was good at it. So you have to have that, too, to say, you know what, I'm going to set time aside and actually do this thing. So those would be the ones I say are, are really helpful. Right. And then you mean you could pull from that. The opposite of those qualities are what doesn't allow people to be successful because you really, again, things sound really exciting when you hear the success stories, but then you have to really consider, are you going to make the time to do it? Are you going mm -hmm. to actually, because that's a big thing too, with especially online courses and just content is that people with the best intentions will buy something and then like they don't set aside the time to actually now implement and do it. Right. Or listen completely, like full attention, not like looking other places or like getting distracted, but like actually learning this stuff. Yeah. Now, do you have to be at the access to because maybe someone's saying, well, OK, maybe those people, well, you have a Terry, you know what? You're smart. You have a degree from MIT. You know, I was never good at math. I still don't even understand what my 401k does. How can I be good at this? Do you need to be good at math, quote unquote? So. You don't need to be good at math. So you're right, Jamila. You don't have to be good at math. But what I will say is I'm going to teach you how to read a chart. And I know and someone's probably like, what is a chart, Terry? You keep talking about this chart thing. So when a stock price moves, you can actually start charting that on a candlestick chart and it'll show you what happened with the stock over the course of the day. So I'm going to teach you how to read that. And it's almost like learning a new language. So I'm going to be teaching you this brand new language. And you have to be patient with yourself because just like learning any new language, it's going to take some time. But once you're able to read that chart, which doesn't take any math, like I said, it's really like learning a new language. Once you're able to read it, though, then you can actually start making money and using it every day. So that's really what it is. Like it's not so much about learning math. It's about being open to learning a new language. And when you're able to learn the language, you can be fluent and start using it all the time. And then another thing I would say in terms of like skill set is just being business savvy. 
So in trading, it's really a negotiation between buyers and sellers. So if you are able to walk into a store and see your favorite dress, but be like, you know what? It's not on sale yet. I'm going to come back when it goes on sale. And you just know that idea of being a buyer when things go on sale, that's when you buy it. When they're too high, you walk away. That's what we're doing in trading too. So it's just that business savvy too. I love that analogy. Like, are you the kind of person that when you walk in and you see your favorite thing that you've been waiting for a long time go on sale versus it's full price? Like, what do you do? Do you have the the discipline? Discipline was one of the traits that you used before to say, "Mm, I want it a lot and I've been waiting a long time, but not right now. That's not right. Do you have that kind of discipline? Is that innately who you are? Maybe some of it is, can you work to change that? Just because if you have a trait that has not been beneficial to you, doesn't mean you have to stick and be that person for the rest of your life. You can also work to change that, right? Exactly. You can always grow. Like we've got, that's that mindset shift that we're talking about. Like you've got to be able to, to learn that you can do better, that there's a different way. Sometimes the way you've been doing things is not the best way. There's another way out there. So just being open to learning that new thing. Mm, Okay. So you gave such great tips, but I kind of want to dive a little bit more into your financial independence journey because you are living a life where you're traveling. So what are some of your other goals? I know you already said you want to pay off your rental property. So it sounds like you're also into real estate. Yes. Your own stuff. So yeah. What does that look like? What does your portfolio look like? What does your financial independence journey look like? Sure. I've always wanted to have a portfolio of 10 units. So I've always wanted to have like a multi-unit and actually several multi-units. That's definitely in my plans. I just love real estate. So I was a real estate agent. My mom was a real estate agent. So I can just look at houses on Zillow forever and lose track of time. So, so that's part of it. I also really love, like, uh, as we said, I love investing myself. So I'm always going to be an investor myself, even if I'm teaching the school. And then, honestly, I don't know from there. I'll just be completely honest. I really don't know what the the next thing looks like, but that's where we at. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder if you have a point where it sounds like you, you thought about this already, but like, so your financial independence numbers or situation, whether that is no debt on any of your investment properties and having income producing properties while having this driving business, making this much, plus maybe having a portfolio worth this much. Like, do you have those type of numbers in place where based on what you're doing now, how far are you away from that target? Kind of like I can literally just travel and do nothing else because my portfolio will take care of me. Yeah. Well, I'm honestly there now. So I don't know if I could say this on a podcast, but like, like I have (laughs) an account that I'm trading that's over a million dollars. And I actually didn't use that to make the money. So people don't think that like, oh, because she has this money, that's how she's doing it. No, I usually trade with a smaller account, but I have some money set aside where I can live. And then I'm almost debt free now. So that's good. So I think I've actually hit that point already. So now I'm having to like reconfigure all of my goals. And, and so I said, well, okay, now what? <laughs> so I guess this year I'm hoping my business will make $10 million. So that's kind of our goal for the year. I'm hoping that my staff will actually make money. So not only will I make money, but they'll make money. So now I, I really honestly think I'm starting to change from my goals to my students and staff. Like, how do I improve other people's lives? And that's the beauty of walking in your purpose in this way and you being financially set is because then it no longer, yeah, sure, you want to make money, but it's not about that you have the money. So now you can impact people in such a better way because 
you're not concerned about how you're paying your bills at this point. It's like, listen, anything I'm doing now, I'm showing up because I want to. Like, I don't have to do any of this. Yes. So if I'm here, that means I'm giving you the 100% versus so many people now who are just like having to do things just to pay the bills. Congratulations to you. That's a wonderful place for you to be in. And I think the thing that also I want to go back to, and I'll just spend a couple minutes here if you can talk about it, is you said you were raised by a single mom. Yes. Yeah. yeah and my mom and grandmother. Same. Like my mom raised me. And I just love hearing what happens. Like, cause there may be a single mom listening or someone who, who isn't at the point that you're at or even I'm at and they're struggling maybe or, and I want them to see like what potentially their kids can do, what even they can do. They don't have to like wait for the next generation, like what they can do in their own lives. So I'm assuming that your mom had a big impact on you. So if you could just talk a little bit about your upbringing, because I think just showing that you came from humble beginnings, like you didn't have any money or things handed to you and look at you now. Yeah. So my mom had me when she was 21 years old, her senior year in college. And it was just her. It was her and my stepdad, or excuse me, her and my dad, but then they broke up. So it was just her. And even in, in high school, my dad actually, he committed a felony. So he got deported back home. So it was really just us after that. But yeah, she worked in jobs. Like she's never gotten paid more than about $40,000 a year. Even now in her job, she makes $35,000. She is a uh, working at a college and she helps students. Always, She's always been a helper and a servant. Like she's a student advisor. And so like, yeah, we never came for much. I didn't feel it because she was so good. But she's told me stories of times where she went to McDonald's and that was our treat. And we would split a Happy Meal because that's all that she could afford. And sometimes she would give me most of the food and not eat herself. So like, I know that she's gone through a lot to take care of me. And she's been a, even a big impact in this trading journey. She was afraid at first, like especially she was the one that was like, oh, you're going to leave that teaching job. I mean, that assistant principal job like that's a secure job. What about benefits, insurance? Like, are you yeah. sure? Like <laughs> she couldn't have fathomed any of this. I had to see this for myself and then open up this world to her. But now, like, she's going to join me on my trip to South Africa. All of the, the trips lately I've been going to for conferences, she's come. So she has plans for my $62,000. She was like, <laughs> oh, you made how much? Oh, I can retire now. Right. She's, she's like, like, when are you going to retire me, Terry? Like, when are you going to buy yes. me a house? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to tell you the truth, that is definitely on my on my radar. Like, I've already told her, when you're ready, you can leave. And so I think she just likes her job now. Yeah. So she hasn't left yet. But she knows when she's ready, like I can provide that for her. So that's been such a blessing to be able to give back to her. And, and my grandmother passed away, but she, but my grandmother was the one who told me to travel. She was like, no, baby, I've been praying about it. I think it's okay for you to go and do this. And I'm so thankful she did because like none of this would have come about if I hadn't have took that leap of faith to go travel and then like started trading and teaching other people like, all of that came because she believed in me. So it's yeah. it's been really cool. Yeah, we stand with this with that quote. Um, we stand on the shoulder of giants. Yeah, they, yeah, those yeah. That's before what it, us. Yeah, those before us, especially those who had went without to give us right to get us to where we are today. Mm -hmm. And so I just hope this is one people learned a lot from this conversation are even more inspired to go after their goals, potentially learn how to trade with Terry. And then I'm gonna. Say, where can people find out more about you? I know you do have the course and we'll talk about where people can find you and maybe enroll yeah. and find out more just about your journey and what you're doing. Yes. So Jamila has a link that's linked to my course. So wherever you decide to put that, Jamila, just let them know that's how they can reach the course. 
And then if you want to just hear more from me, you can go to Instagram at trade and travel or at I'm an investor. It looks like Imani investor, which kind of hindsight is like, oh, that's cool because Imani means faith, but it's actually I'm an investor. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Imani. <laughs> I thought it was Imani this whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I'm an investor. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I link. I, I thought I was being cool. No, no, yeah, it's funny. You know um, I've got to, I've got to link all that in the show notes. Um, thank you so much, Terry, for coming on the show and sharing your journey and all your knowledge with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I always admired this podcast. You are doing an amazing job. This is really cool to just be a guest. Okay, journeyers, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Terry that inspired you to go out and earn money, to feel good about earning money, because when you do well, it shows other people how they can do well. It allows you to help people in your community, to help give them more resources. So I'm really just inspired totally by what Terry is doing. Now, if you are interested in learning how to trade, I do want you to check out Terry's course. Listen, I might actually take it myself because listen, (laughs) I'm trying to diversify my streams of income here. But if you want to check out Terry's course, go to journeytolaunch.com slash Terry. That's T-E-R-I. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me in the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here. So show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.